Today's interview is with Representative Terry Lynn Weaver. What is your district number and what area does it include? Well, thank you, Archie. I'm honored to serve District House District 40, and that area currently includes all of Smith County, all of Trousdale. I call it a sliver of Sumner, which is uh, along the lakeside and south of 31. And then I have the largest portion of DeKalb County. So I've got a pretty good swath. How long have you been in the Tennessee General Assembly? I was elected the day my youngest grandson was born, and I lifted my hand of oath to serve the people of the state of Tennessee and District 40 on uh, January 13, 2009. So I won the 2008 election. How many sessions of the General Assembly have you been involved in? Six. What, if anything, has the recently released redistricting plan done to your district? It's kind of odd. A lot of the House districts, uh, of course, you know, we lost seats in East and West Tennessee. A lot of members came West. District 40 went East. I now have full whole counties. I have all of Jackson, all of Smith, all of DeKalb, all of Cannon, and a 22 to 2500 base of folks in Wilson County that's just right underneath the Trousdale-Wilson County line. I have not quite uh, surveyed that yet to know exactly where those lines are, but that puts me into five counties, which expands my my community calendar because, as you know, I love to, to be where the folks are, so a lot of activity will cause District 40 to be involved in five counties. What committee assignments do you currently have? I've always been on transportation since my freshman year, and I currently sit on full transportation. And then I sit on two education committees, full education and sub K-12. through That keeps you jumping pretty much during the week then, doesn't it? The education committee is, is a workhorse. It truly is. I mean, it, we spend out of our budget some top dollars, the top two, one being health, Ten care and the other being education, so it's it's two big sections of our budget. What legislation have you carried in the past that impacts the right to keep and bear arms in Tennessee? I've only carried one, but I've signed on every piece of gun bill, good gun bill, I will say. Those who allow us to bear arms as our constitution so eloquently and simply says. So the there, May Beavers and I carried a bill back. Oh, it's been a while. The genesis of that bill, Archie, was to prevent federal government from trumping states' rights when it comes to carrying a firearm. And so we tried to really, back then, try to put more of a parameter on Tenth Amendment, including our Second Amendment. But it got, at the time it went through the sausage machine and the committees, it watered down to a little bit of nothing. I believe that was the Tennessee Firearms Protection Act, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, that's correct. Thank you. You have a good memory. <laughs> I knew. I just knew what it did. I couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> what does Article 1, Section 26 of the Tennessee Constitution mean to you? It just, again, shows the fact that, that we are supposed to, you know, we have a right to bear arms, period. I mean, it's really simple, and it's my goal. It's my, I give my oath as a legislative member to make sure we do nothing to prohibit 
our Second Amendment. It's just really simple. That's what that means to me. I gave my oath to protect it. Very good. How do you see the upcoming legislative session with respect to Second Amendment issues? I don't know what the bump in the road is to actually, what do I say, to to carry, to, to do a constitutional carry. We have made our Second Amendment right to bear arms so difficult. Constitutional carry is the right to carry, period. All these people argue about back and forth. They argue about, well, the safety of it. Oh, it's going to turn into the wild, wild west. And when you look at the reports of crime that have been done by law-abiding citizens who carry a gun, the number is zero, Archie. So there's all this hype about what ifs and what can happen when the bottom line is we have the right to carry. It's been given to us that liberty, and that is just simply right to carry a gun for protection. I don't understand the politics behind all of it because I try to just narrow it down just to the basics of what it says. You shall not infringe on those rights. If you look at the actual verbiage of Article 1, Section 26, it says, The citizens of this state have the right to keep and bear arms for their common defense. However, the legislature shall have power by law to regulate the wearing of arms with a view to prevent crime. There was a Supreme Court case in 1871, Andrews v. State, where it basically says that if, in fact, the legislature cannot prove with empirical data that any restriction they place on the ability of the citizen to keep and bear arms fails to reduce crime, then their action is unconstitutional. I've been trying to preach that to the state legislature for the last 20 years, but it is somewhat fallen on deaf ears. It is a statement of fact that if you can't prove that a restraint or a restriction on the ability of the non-criminal citizen to carry a firearm reduces crime, then it's unconstitutional. And hopefully, before they throw dirt on my box, I can get some folks up there that have the ability to write and pass legislation to see that for what it is, just a simple statement of fact, like you said a minute ago. Yeah. What steps can the average TFA member take to further the restoration of our right to arms as granted in 1796? Well, Archie, uh, you know, the best prescription for preserving and protecting and moving forward on our Second Amendment is for the engagement of the citizen, for them to be involved, to be listening, watching the discussions and the debates, to be an input, to email, to be down there. I know most of these people, they have to work, they've got jobs, they've got families to provide for. Again, engaging in what is going on in those hallways of the state legislature is so vital and so important. Whether it's Second Amendment or uh, the school board meetings, what they're being taught at our schools, all those kind of things, and mainly as well to protect liberty. Because as you can see, if the people aren't engaged, the citizenship is not there, we have a, a republic, a constitutional republic that will go away. That's why it's important to keep be vigilant for liberty and to be engaged and to be wide awake and don't go asleep on issues, especially as important to as our Second Amendment. You know, I have a first cousin who lives in Germany, Woolly, and they've lost their right to carry a firearm for protection in their even in their own home. And he looked at me one time when we were visiting and he says, Terry Lynn, you just be sure 
you do all you can to protect your Second Amendment in America, because once you lose that, you are no longer a citizen, you are a subject. That is a true statement. I will never forget that. And now, you know, you're seeing all this turmoil that's going on over there uh, now in Europe, and then you have the turmoil in Australia, and you just see where your voice no longer matters when the right to bear arms is taken away from you. So we got to really pay attention. That's what we need to do. Well, Ms. Terry Lynn, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. It is important, I think, that the members of the TFA across the state get an opportunity to listen to the various legislators. They're not going to have a chance to meet you face to face, but we're trying to give our membership an opportunity to hear the different legislators if they don't mind coming on. We just want to thank you so much for taking your time out to come and speak with us today. Well, it's my pleasure, and thank you for what you do to protect our Second Amendment. You have a blessed day. You too. This concludes our interview with Representative Weaver. We hope that you'll join us next time.